Welcome to the Classic Car Corner Podcast. I'm Jason Painter, and co-hosting today is John Lockhart and Eric Menzel. And we are excited to welcome WHAS 11 anchor and Louisville native Doug Prophet to our Classic Automotive Theme Podcast. Doug has brought his viewing audience some fantastic stories over his successful and rewarding career at HAS. And one of today's stories involves uh, ownership of a 1991 Jeep Grand Wagoneer. So, Doug, uh, start talking to us about your ownership here. Well, Jason, I want to say hello to you and uh, to Eric and John. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Uh, we, we welcome yeah, you. Thank really you. Really appreciate you taking anytime, the time. Anytime to talk about the Wagoneer, um, because, as you know, uh, uh, the owner of a Wagoneer is proud to own them, but uh, you also better be very patient. <laughs> uh, and you have to have a sense of adventure because they decide to just stop running out of the blue for no reason at any time at the worst time. <laughs> right. Yeah, we have I mean, I, I, I've had it. I've had to go off on, go out on, on the end of the, uh, this last, let's see, last summer, the water pump in the, as a hot August day oh, no. blows right as we're getting off the Gene Snyder freeway. Nice. This yeah. was two summers ago. And lo and behold, thank God, it was Crusade weekend because I was going to get out of the wagon here and then go downtown to kick off the Crusade, and there was the Crusade firefighters right there in front of me. Gotcha. Uh, and they helped me push the thing off to the side and stayed with it until it got hauled away on a uh, <laughs> flatbed <laughs> trailer. But through all those years, uh, yeah, I've owned three of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up with buddies who had uh, one friend um, who lived off of um, off of River Road. He had an International Harvester Scout. Mm-hmm. My other friend, his dad loved. He had the Jeep Laredo, and then my my college roommate, he had the Grand Cherokee, which was the big monster. And then in the '80s, his dad got a white Grand Wagoneer. Okay. Uh, and and I know now why uh, he got it because that was 1984 when they came out with the Grand Wagoneer. That's when they decided to rename it. It's been called the Wagoneer Limited, okay. and they just uh, you know I, I think maybe they added a few bells and whistles, and okay. he got it. And that's when I got to ride in one, and um, I wanted to own one as, as much as I could. And so one day after I'd been married for about a year, I saw one. Um, on the lot of Acura of Louisville. So this was about 1990, and it was a used. Um, and the guy, the guy loved to travel, and he put an extra 25-gallon tank on it. So it had a little switch oh, okay. at the bottom where you could switch back and forth gas tanks. Right, okay. So yep. he, he could go across the country with very few stops. Because <laughs> okay. as you know, the Wagoneer doesn't like to pass gas right. stations. No, no. Loves to pull in. Very exactly thirsty right. vehicle. And, <laughs> And uh, he was the founder of Southern Optical, a man named Frank Sanning. So I was able to talk to him. I <laughs> called him and traced him down, and he said, oh, you should buy it. He had covered the leather seats with sheepskin covers. Wow. So oh, I was nice. the first one, he said. He said, you will be the first one to sit on the original leather seats of that Wagoneer because I never oh. had them exposed. Okay. All right. Yep. Yep. Um, and so – uh, little did my wife know, I went and bought it and pulled it in the driveway. She was like shocked. What is this? Right, right, right. <laughs> so that was the beginning of the Wagoneer. I got you. And what, year, Wagoneer, what, what year was that uh, Wagoneer that you bought? That one That one was an 89. I've okay, owned gotcha. an, an 89 and two ninety one. Okay. The one I have now, which is a Hunter Green, right. is a 91. Okay, gotcha. 
So, um, and, and I think we had had a discussion. The color of that 91 is more of a rare color than most of the other Wagoneers. That, that was the rarest color on that car, uh, 491, correct? Well, I found that out. Um, I found that out by, I had, uh, when I was restoring this thing, I had kept it in the garage for 10 years because <laughs> my wife, I actually got it. Uh, when my old, um, youngest son was born, I wanted my wife to have a secure car and I bought it. Let's see. I think I, yeah, I bought it in 97. So it was a 91 houseman Jeep company had it. The owner, Dan Dublin called me at work and he said, you got to come down here and see this thing. We don't get many of these. So I bought it and, um, they, uh, you, you know, it, it, it ran pretty well for a while, but she had one that had to drive it. And, you know, the steering, when the power steering goes out on these things for whatever reason, mm -hmm. uh, if it were locked up, <laughs> right. it locked up. Right. And then, and then, and then the, the fuel tank would be, would constantly be telling you it was full when it wasn't, it was lying <laughs> to you. And after a few of these things running out of gas and, and uh, locking up on ice and some other things, she said, I'm done with this, yeah. but I kept it. I got you. Well, uh, and, and so when we, when I had it restored, the, um, my original Jeep mechanic, he told me that the float device in that gas tank was actually partly cork. Okay. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. I can't imagine. So, and that's why it was sticking. Right. Gotcha. Oh, wow. So what led to the, I don't want to say the demise, but what led to the um, purchase of the next model? So you, you had the, the 91. I'm sorry. He had the 89. The 89. Uh -huh. And then what was it that said, okay, I'm going to upgrade to the next model? What happened to one that well, led I'll to the you, next I'll one? I'll tell you what gave me the most fits in these things. And most, most Jeep owners may remember the VET test, vehicle yes. emissions oh, testing. Sure. Yeah. And the catalytic converter and all that, mm -hmm. you know, they weren't, I don't think they were meant to have them. I used <laughs> to have to take it to get serviced at Houseman's before I would take it to the VET test just to get it through the VET test. And um, the the, the brown one I had, the the eighty uh, the eighty nine, just had a hard time with it, and it, it finally gave up the ghost. Then I bought a silver one with burgundy red interior, mm -hmm. which was beautiful. Oh wow! Right. And this, uh, I worked downtown, so this doctor at University Hospital had seen it, and he just called me up one day, and and Houseman's had told me, Doug, this engine and this thing, it's it, this. The thing was beautiful, but, but I guess the engine was really a mess, and 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 it was getting to the point. They said you're just going to have to do a total rebuild or whatever on that. And the doctor wanted it, so I sold it to him. Um, when I got the green one, uh, the engine went out at about 125, 150. I had Houseman rebuild the original engine, and it is doing fantastic. It's really a 200,000 now. Nice. Yeah. Uh, the guy who services my Jeep. Uh, he now works out of his home, and he rebuilt the engine that I have. Okay, so cool. um, so he takes he takes really good care of it, and uh, so now you know we're now we're in the holidays. But the great debate the great debate with the Wagoneer always is this time of year, and I'll throw the question out to you: Do you go with the Christmas wreath on the grill, <laughs> or do you not? Um, I do not. Now we're all about Christmas. Don't get me wrong here, but no, I, I just, I do not put the wreath on the grill, but I tell you who does. 
and that would be our friend Tommy Hilfiger. So I don't know if you remember any of his uh, commercials that uh, involved his Grand Wagoneer, but you can YouTube it. It's called Feast Interruptus, and it shows this blue Wagoneer pulling up with the wreath in front of it and about uh, 15 of his family members getting out of this, and they pull out this 20-foot-long table, and, uh, you know, Tom Hilfiger gets up and, you know, uh, makes a toast. Well, they and, sold. I think they sold his thing at auction. And oh, did they? Um, okay. Well, yeah, like a top bidder, and uh, so so I, I've gone back and forth over the years, and I'm in a Facebook page, a Grand Wagoneer Facebook page, <laughs> right. which has been mm-hmm. absolutely fantastic for me to to when I was restoring this thing. Mm-hmm. How do I get this part? Where do I? Who do I turn to for this? What do you think about this? The consensus there is most people are going with wreaths. So okay. I went. I, I did. I have gone with a wreath this year, and I gotcha. will tell you a funny story. We actually went down and got our down to Waterfront Park at our Christmas tree, and we went. We were out in it on Saturday, last Saturday. So I got it with that thing, and I had him throw it on the top, and I didn't really think about it. So there we are going home, and I thought I was in a parade because so many people <laughs> were honking at me and nice. giving giving thumbs up. Right. There's something about there's something about the. Um, the Wagoneer, and and you brought up hill figures mm-hmm. there, uh, Jason. Mm-hmm. I remember reading an article. I think it was in Fortune magazine. I would just never forget the line. They said that the Grand Wagoneer, they thought, was one of the quiet landmarks of American automobile, automobile oh, nice. revolution. They called it a front runner okay. of the SUV. Well, and it probably um, was because it was made from 63 to 91 with very minor changes. Right. But, I, in fact, I have a note. I went back in the Jeep for your podcast and because I saved this one note. Some lady put it on my car mm-hmm. in love with your Jeep. If you ever decide to sell, please call me first. I've had an 84 an 88 and a 91. And now I'm in a Wrangler. Uh, I got you. <laughs> so gotcha. I, you know, it's so pretty in- determined, right? It's right. so interesting. You say that, Doug, because Jason comments all the time when he takes his Wagoneer out that people turn their heads when he goes to the gas station, they always walk up, but, to them and talk to them and want to know about it and hear the story behind it. Right. Yeah. So uh, it's almost like a cult following. It, it is. These the folks I that had just a guy love chase chase me down on the Gene Snyder. I was <laughs> going about sixty, young guy in a Subaru, just to get up right alongside of me to honk, roll the window down, and just to give thumbs up. Oh wow! Uh, something. So I thought that was pretty interesting. The evolution of these, where we stand today, is what's fascinating to me the most. Because I, like I told you guys, I bought three of them, and I don't think I, I think I remember paying five thousand, six thousand, maximum mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. each one of them. Mm-hmm. Now, now today, uh, much older, you could sell these things for twenty five, thirty, thirty five. You know, and if they're in great shape, as you all are seeing, the price now is getting close to a hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, the value of these things are just increasing by the month. Yep, yep. It's it's it, well, it's it's good for well, us, I guess. Quir- right? It's the it's the quirkiness of them that surprises me that I've ever kept up with it because. Uh, you know, the electronic system in them is awful. Mm-hmm. You know, why do the automatic door locks decide that they'll work on a Monday, but on Wednesday only three of them work? Right. Or the or the rear rear window goes down when it wants to, or periodically. But you know, I can use the key in the in the key lock in the back of it, and it'll always work. Right. Right. Um, yeah, that's exactly right. 
Yeah, and, and you had kind of hit the nail on the head earlier. They're so unpredictable. I remember it was um, it was kind of a it was a warm day outside. I remember my wife and I decided we want to go for a drive. We had dropped the kids off at my parents' house. I think we just paid the credit card off, so we're in the car. We're like, okay, this is great. We turn on the radio, Lean Greenwood singing "God Bless America" or "God Bless the USA," and if I don't see, if I don't look in the back of the rearview mirror, and there's just this puff of smoke, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what in the world's going on? You know, so turns out I had a radiator hose bust. But but these these things, as iconic and as fun as they are, yeah, they are unpredictable. And you you talked about the cork and the the gas um, uh, tank. You know, if if you accelerate, you got a full tank of gas. If you press hard on the brake, then your gas needle goes almost all the way down to empty. So, but uh, yeah, they they are uh, temperamental in many ways, but they are sure fun to own. That's for sure. Well, you know, I was looking at. Uh, there's a great article. It's on on Google. Auto Week uh, did the top 20 facts of the Wagoneer through the years and. Mm-hmm. They, they not only just listed everything, uh, a lot of the dates, the key moments, but they showed the pictures of the Jeeps at that time and the advertisements that Jeep, AMC, Kaiser, they oh, were using gotcha. at the moment to match up with it. Nice. And in 84, you know, when the Wagoneer was named that, that was their peak year. They sold 19,000 of them. Yeah. But by 1989, it had dropped to 10,000. Okay. Um, so they were going down, and, and back to – the color hunter green i did not know this at all never heard this the folks at housemans i guess at the time they didn't realize how rare they were i mean mm-hmm. although when dan called me that day he said it's very rare i've never seen one come through here i um went to that grand wagoner facebook page and posted a picture of mine uh, because i was asking for some help about something on it i wasn't saying it's for sale or anything mm-hmm. and i put my phone number at work on there and i was sitting at my desk and Phone rang, and uh, I picked it up, and the guy didn't even say hello. He just said, how much do you want for it? Yeah. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and he said, the Wagoneer I'm looking at right now, how much do you want for it? How much said, do well, you got? It's not for sale. <laughs> I was just asking I was just asking questions. And he said, well, I'm in Portland, Oregon. Oh, wow. And he said, I okay. want, he said do, you realize, do you realize what you have in your hands? I said, um, well, I'm in the process of this restoration and all that, uh, you know, um, what do you mean? He said, in 1991, they only made 150 of the 100 green colors. So it's 150. Uh, okay. he said, so, so he said, it's very, very rare. Now, when I, uh, when, when I had engine issues with this thing and I stored it 10 years ago, fortunately, I stored it in the garage. And fortunately, it missed the windstorm, the ice storm. Every bad snowstorm we had, which mm-hmm. is ironic that you, you know this, this great Jeep would be mm-hmm. sitting in through these storms. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I pulled it out, it had a lot of dust on it, but it was um, its paint and all that other stuff was able to to survive that. And now I laugh because I won't take it out when it rains or right. if, if there's been snow down because of the way they salt the roads around here. Because rust is the worst thing uh, that hits these things. Right, you're right. Absolutely, it does. Well, you know, you had uh, Patrick Petrie on your, yes, on your podcast. we did. Pa- Patrick um, owns a beautiful, a, it's all black Grand Wagoneer with no wood. Mm-hmm. And the guy who services mine uh, was at Houseman's the day that Jeep was delivered. 
and I think I mean I probably need to call Patrick and tell him the story. He may know it. But that his Wagoneer was purchased by a local veterinarian for his wife, who's an artist. Okay. And he had it special ordered with no wood. Um, and uh, w- what he owns is an amazing, amazing Jeep. And so this woman, she just drove it around uh, to art shows and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But he actually got it custom made um, in, in that year that uh, – that it was delivered. And I believe Patrick's is a 1990, if memory serves me correctly. It is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Well, let me, Doug, let me just take a moment real quick and uh, ask our listeners to please check out our sponsor, GD Herring. GD Herring provides options on insuring not only your classic car, but all of your collectibles. Please check them out at gdherring.com. And I think John wants to ask you a little more about the family life uh, owning the Wagoneer. So, I think I know the answer to the question just by the description of the many quirks that you've had and experiences with things not working and things like that out of the blue. But I was, you know, it's such a family car. And you look back in the 80s, everybody was doing the family vacations or driving to Florida. Did you ever uh, take you and your family? Did you ever go on a little family vacation in the Wagoneer or do you normally just keep it to drive around local? Oh, we did. And in fact, I laugh now. I can't imagine, imagine driving it the distances. We took it to <laughs> a lot. I, I, we, Charleston, it went to Charleston, South Carolina and back twice. Um, and um, so the, the boys, my two sons actually grew up in these. Like I said, I bought mm-hmm. one of them so that we would, we actually brought him home in the hospital in the green one. My other son, uh, my oldest son was crawling on the desk of Houseman's as I was trying to sign the paper oh, by the green gotcha. And they're handing him toys. You know, mm-hmm. hey, your dad can't sign this, you know, and he's crawling all over the place. <laughs> right. So um, they get in, like my one son after I had, my youngest after I had restored it and that, and he had been away from the house for a while, and he came back and got in it. They were so thrilled to see it again. He got in it, and I said, well, Seth, what do you think? He's, he said, well, he says it still smells like the dog and old cigars. <laughs> right. it always as it should. Yeah, that's right. That's right. As, as it should. So yeah. we we and my wife and I were this Saturday. We um, you know, because because we're in COVID world, where everybody goes carry out, and we 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 hike a lot in the weekend, so we get carry out, and we had to um, take my car, not the Wagoneer this time. And it's, it's awful for tailgating and all that. And we, cause that tailgate and the Wagoneer is just amazing. You mm-hmm. flip it down and you sit there on it. And we said, we actually said that it was brilliant the way they made the things. Cause it's perfect for going out to picnics or, you know, the, the kids camped inside of it a lot. A lot. Um, and uh, yes, yes, we did drive it around all the place. And thank God it never had any issues uh, when we were on those long road trips. Well, that is good. Yeah, that is good. J- j- just poor gas mileage, right? <laughs> oh, awful gas mileage. <laughs> right. But it, it, for some reason, it all the, the only time the thing would act up would be my when my wife was driving. And it was her primary car. I mm-hmm. got it for her. And it would just do the damnedest things that would be puzzling me. And I'd be on the phone with her because cell phones were starting to come in mm-hmm. trying to figure it out. And most of the time, it would be related to either that catalytic converter would go out um, or that uh, float assembly. In every single one mm. of them, we had those issues. Right, right. I haven't had any catalytic converter problems yet, uh, but um, 
you know, so far, knock on wood, you know, uh, it, it takes take, takes a couple of cranks to uh, get her up and, and running and uh, uh, smoothed out. But uh, once it's up and running at operating temperature, that car is really a, a, a fun car to drive. A lot of people comment, you know, um, I've, I've had some younger kids in that car and they're like, Look, you can actually see a hood in front of you because all the today's cars, they slope down. So you, all they really just see is a windshield and a street. And then here you have this long hood with the hood ornament on, on the uh, at the end of it, which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they are they are certainly uh, and no no blind spots. They always talk about, uh, you know, the, the cars pretty much just uh, the, the windows on that car are like a greenhouse almost. Oh, I mean, it, it's yeah. Yeah. visibility on that thing is amazing. You know, and looking at those old photos that I saw of the progression of the uh, of the Jeep and how they changed it, when they renamed it the Grand Wagoneer originally, that that great hood ornament wasn't on there. Uh, according, uh, you know, some of the, from the ads that are they, that they published in that article that I saw, mm-hmm. and so that must have come sometime at between '84 and '91. And I, um, when I was driving it more often, I had I had a kid i think one time it may have happened twice just yanked the hood ornament off oh no. and okay. um, yeah and thankfully at the time because the, the jeep dealership was open they easily replaced it you know they I had see. them mm-hmm. and you could put it in there but i always worry about where i park the thing now right right <laughs> no no yeah, you're right exactly uh, you know because of that and so um back when i was using it a lot we were doing more off-road and four-wheel driving and all that. I put some tires on it that are um, pretty durable for that. But I think probably what my next step will do is I'll probably go back to the uh, white walls uh, because they're the traditional what it's supposed to be mm-hmm. um, and uh, and try to get it back to that look. I got you. Yep. We're talking about the. What collect- do you think of that, Jason? Have no, you done that? No, I, no, mine are mine. Do not have the white walls, but I know that look, and it is classic. And yes, I do like it. Yeah. So see, I, I would put, I put those Wrangler GTs. Oh, okay, gotcha. Dunlops. I think I've got Michelin's on on mine, but no white walls. Well, um, to, just to give you show you, you know how how the timeline goes. The just before Houseman's closed is a Jeep dealership and of course for people who are listening just want to know where it is now that was the original jeep dealership downtown it's mm-hmm. now feast barbecue on market street mm-hmm. but they use southern tire which is just a few blocks down on market southern tire is still open and they put the dunlop tires on it gotcha and okay. kid you not those things sat in my uh, garage for 10 years through all the changes of the air and all that kind of stuff and stayed in remarkable shape and mostly inflated Oh wow! I've okay. never seen a tire huh. like that. Yeah, they didn't go flat. Ah, nice, nice. Um, also, Doug, just real quick, uh, I've got to know how many people have you packed in your Grand Wagoneer? I've had eighteen. <laughs> You've had eighteen <laughs> in yours, really? Wow. Well, I mean, most of them well, are smaller had, kids, I've, but yes. We've had couples. We took couples right back back when we were we go down to Kentucky football games to uh, tailgate. Um, I, I probably okay two in the front, obviously mm-hmm. uh, probably four in the back, and then two in the very back. Gotcha. So that's as much that's as much as I've had. Right. Well, and then we would do that with the boys and their friends, and then add a dog in there. So that gotcha. Would... <laughs> gotcha. Yep. You got to have the dog. Absolutely. He's part of the family. But I actually, 
I actually took it when I, uh, as part of the, just my piecemeal, you know, you go through week after week of getting this thing restoration, you get it mm-hmm. back in that. I, the carpeting, uh, even though I had it in, in the garage for 10 years, and, and my garage is really basically an old horse barn that's been retrofitted, mm-hmm. uh, a mouse never got inside. Nice. They, now, they Good. built a nest in the insulation under uh, on the inside of the hood. Right, right. But not okay. one mouse got inside that place, that, okay. and it would have been a perfect place for it oh, to live. Sure. absolutely, yeah. But, um, so I took it over to um, Coit mm-hmm. on Crittenden Drive right after I picked it up, and I said, I just want you guys to just steam clean it. They, they looked at me a little puzzled. They'd never had anybody come over there and ask them to do their the carpeting of their car. Um, and so the guy had to figure out the price, and he was pretty fair about that. Mm-hmm. But that was smart. I'm glad I did that because what it did is it really lightened up that carpet back, to the, which is sort of that shag, right. faux shag, oh, I sure. guess. Yep, that's right. They, all, they always laugh about it. Yep, yep. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I've just come across some great characters. There was a guy in Montana, and I, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the Jeep company. Uh, he 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 had a graveyard of Grand Wagoneers and Jeeps up there, and he's an old character. And he he has sent me hubcaps. He has sent me. Um, there's a little if if you if you look at the top of your Jeep, you'll have like gutters mm-hmm. that run along there. These little silver gutters, but right. there's a little there's a little um, one that bends to connect the two gutters right, right. by the windshield. Yep. Well, that was missing on one of mine, and he was able to get me that very oh, little specific part gotcha. for both sides. Okay. I went in, you know, when you can, buy, buy as many as you can, because you never know how much when the, some of these <laughs> right. parts are just going to go away. Oh, exactly. What do you do for your parts? You know, uh, there uh, there is a website uh, called Team Grand Wagoneer out there that uh, I use it a lot. Okay, so I'll get on that, refer to that. Um, I've got some uh, local mechanics uh, that uh, up at Springdale Automotive, um, to name a few that uh, they're great, especially on the carbureted cars. They've kept that car really running well, and uh, so so. But no, for for parts, I generally go to the Team Grand Wagoneer website. Have you had trouble getting them lately? I mean, uh, I there's that one in BJ's Off Road, which is amazing mm-hmm. that the, of the collection of the specific stuff that they have right. for these vehicles, which are now, you know, now are now really fading as far as the originality is concerned. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Uh, so far, so good. Uh, I haven't had any problems with getting. Um, you know, uh, I, I did replace a carburetor, um, so but I didn't have any problems finding the carburetor or um, the adapter plates to it or anything like that. Um, you know, this car primarily, fortunately at this point, knock on wood again, is that, you know, the power locks, power windows um, have all worked all the time. I do have one actuator that sticks a little bit, but you hit the, the unlock button four or five times to put in the other. Well, it'll it'll eventually pop up. <laughs> pop up. Right. Yeah. right. It's like, it's like playing, playing a, a pinball machine. <laughs> right. Exactly. There you go. So, <laughs> and, but, it, and it sounds very close to it as well. Yeah, you're exactly right. But, uh, but it, does, yeah. it always reminds me of the arcade. Yeah, the yep. very strong actuators for a door lock. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the only thing that is not working, I do have an um, an overhead console, and I don't think that the, when I first bought the car back in '09, the um, temperature uh, it was uh, it was either the temperature or the compass it had. I forgot, but the quartz, the little quartz 
uh, I believe. Have oh, I, I know what you're talking yeah, about. It's, yeah. it's mine's shot now, too. Gotcha. It occasionally flickers to life. Oh, does it? Okay. And, and yep. I think, oh, my gosh, it's going to work. And right. then it just goes away. Yeah, yeah. And the fact that they even tried, it's so laughable mm-hmm. to have an auto – an, uh, an auto unlock for a uh, you know keyless entry for that car. Uh, on these things mm-hmm. when 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 they can barely get the automatic windows to work right it just, <laughs> it just cracks me up and and to hear a jeep mechanic who's really worked on these things talk about the electronic wiring they said it just mm-hmm. makes no sense right and they've shown you know i've looked i've peeled back the panels and looked at it i mean it looks like spaghetti mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's right but, yeah. but um, yeah, so you know, you know, they sold new. I think for thirty five thousand. So they were at the top of the line at the time. Yeah. Uh, and and yet, I just I, I reflect now, and I think, gosh, thirty. You paid thirty five thousand for something like that, and that was back nineteen eighty four dollars. Mm-hmm. And essentially, um, there's a lot on the car. There's a lot. There's a lot of built-in lemon status on it. I mean, there's a lot of lemon on these things. Mm-hmm. You really have to be a special person just to love these things. And I guess, and it's mostly for their ruggedness. And when they do work, there is nothing better. You're oh exactly my God. right. You're well, exactly the 1980s right. and, and 90s are not the uh, the greatest automotive years for America. For cars, right. <laughs> but quality-wise, oh no, <laughs> no. And I used to say in the snow. I do think there's a certain temperature that the Jeep loves the best, and I think that's anything from 50 down to 30 degrees. Mm-hmm. Between 30 and 50 degrees, it hums. And I do used to, I used to tell people that when they said, how's that thing in the snow? I said, it basically says, yum, 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 <laughs> as it goes through the snow. Right, yeah. That's, right. That's, what, it's, that's yeah. what it sounds like, and that's what it's doing. Mm-hmm. It is in heaven. In, in, in remember, in the 90s, we were getting some of our best snowstorms. Of mm-hmm. course, 94 is our all-time record Right, snow. right. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's right. And, and one of the unique features about uh, that Jeep is that you can, you know, you can be going 60 miles an hour and just flip it into four-wheel drive. You don't have to stop it or put it in neutral or any or lock the hubs. Like you don't have to or, jump out and lock the hubs. Nope, do oh, not. Yep, just a just a switch. Right. Remember, remember the option they called, and uh, this was one of those facts that I came across in 1972. That's when they introduced Quadra Track. Okay. Right. And it was user friendly. They said at the time. They said it. That was when they stopped making you get out of the car and lock and up. lock in the mm-hmm. the hubs there on the outside, and they did that little switch. And I love that. That little switch is fun because you can hear sort of the, that suction sound or whatever that sound it makes when you flip it over. Right, you're right. And right. It, it tells you it's engaged. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, they said when this when that came out that this vehicle is what really ushered in the luxury SUV era. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it was. It's considered the granddaddy, and, and, and I've seen that said a lot with the new Grand Wagoneer that's coming out, which – you know, I'm I'm a purist like you are, Jason. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you are too, Eric and, oh, yeah. and John too. And uh, so, you know, I, I think what I think what Jeep's doing with the new Grand Wagoneer is basically an excursion. It's it's coming back into the line that Ford got out of when they mm-hmm. had the Ford Excursion. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, I don't like it, but um, I I you know I I, I don't know what the I, I do look at the guy down in Texas, the guy down in Kerrville, Texas, Leon Miller. I, mm-hmm. I love to look at that website just to see how the prices it's a great keep website. going up. Right, they do. 
They sure do. You know, we're looking at a picture of that 2020 uh, image of the the new Jeep Grand Wagoneer, and I'm looking at it, and it seems like a, just a modified Grand Cherokee, just a little bigger of a Grand Cherokee, what a Grand Cherokee probably should be, but it's not the Wagoneer. And right. I'm thinking both you and Jason can appreciate this because I thought about this. It's like well, if they're going to do a 21, 2021 new model, you take what you both have, you add in a panoramic sunroof with a little sunshade, throw in the tech, and put a little more reliability in the wiring structure, you're done. <laughs> because that thing is made out of steel. Mm -hmm. It's built like a tank. Right. And it's meant for Colorado. It's meant for the Rockies. It's meant for cold weather driving. It's yep. meant, I mean, you just make it a little more reliable. You have it. It's got a timeless look to it. That's my opinion. You're what right. do you guys and think? That, and that, well, you're right. And that, because that guy who, who designed it the, from Jeep, and I've forgotten his name now, he has been bombarded with questions, and he's answered them honestly. Why didn't you throw us one model with wood on it? Where's the wood paneling? And I think it was the chairman of the of, of whatever Fiat has it now, and they said they they actually they absolutely did discuss it, and he took it off the table on purpose. Huh. I bet they, they come out it. with a special edition or an option to put the the yeah. panel on. Oh, you know it'll it'll have to. Yeah, because they can make they'll make that's the one that will go over the top. I mean, that's the mm -hmm. one that will sell the most for them is uh, if they try to replicate what's out on the road now. Yeah. Um, all they have to do is go out and see, you know, they could they could hop in Jason's Jeep and drive him drive around Louisville and see how people react, I mean, right then and there. Right. Uh, so they know they have something on their hands. There's not, there's not many cars that bring them back nostalgia like that. I think Ford's done a great job with their Bronco I agree that. rebirth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, you had um, on one of your earlier podcasts, I think it was it George Adams. Uh, yeah, George. Um, and he talks about his Falcon wagon. Well, if you look at the ads on the Falcon wagon, the station wagon, it looks at first glance like a Wagoneer, just a lower profile. It really <laughs> it does. does. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's got the, you know, the, the, the thick glass and everything's pretty much in line. Yeah. You're exactly right. George's Falcon was a, a really cool car. It was a beautiful car. Well, you know, you make up a good oh, point I, there about I, that Bronco. I would love to see. Mm -hmm. that when that Bronco Bronco comes out, it seems like it they really put Jeep to the test because you have Jeep at the Wrangler. They've done a few mods with it, but they've kind of become really complacent to their line. And now Ford's coming out with a Bronco that seems to be a Wrangler, a legit Wrangler competitor, and it's really shaking it up a bit. And, mm -hmm. I, and I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is shaking up a bit, and. Um, you're tapping into you're tapping into the nostalgia market, which is big right now because mm -hmm. of what everybody's been through for the past year. They want it to be the the way it was when they had great memories, and a mm -hmm. lot of these cars are associated with that. And of course, you know, Jason, the reason why we have so many uh, much younger people caring about the Wagoneer now is because of the way it's been portrayed in these real popular movies. I mean, right, right. we we drove through a neighborhood. I think it was off Mockingbird Valley, and these kids, these little kids, five of them, um, probably six, seven, eight years old, were all playing in the yard, and we just happened to drive by, and one little boy pointed at the Jeep, and then they said, come on, guys, and they started chasing after us, running down the street behind us. I was looking in the rearview mirror. There they are, all in a line. They were chasing it. Well, and that's because they've seen it in movies. Mm -hmm. Right, right. 
Yeah, the Great Outdoors is one of the one of the movies that comes to mind definitely yeah. when you think of the great John great Candy movie. loading oh, yeah. it up. Uh, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they're they're just they they are absolutely iconic. That is for sure. Well, the thing that you know after the, the first Jeep is your sort of break in. Okay, what what have I got here? What what is this thing really doing? By Jeep number two, I understood the quirks. I mean, I could actually be driving it, and I could, it would, uh, something would click, or something would, you know, sort of a little bump, or mm-hmm. or I'd feel, or I, I could hear it. Mm-hmm. I knew something was coming up, which wasn't good. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> there were, I'd never forget several times, hearing this noise, knowing, a certain noise, knowing, okay, I've got a few, I've got a limited number of minutes here. I'm going straight to Houseman. Right. And I would do that on my way to work. That's right. I would go straight there and go, oh, my God, something's going on. And they go, well, we're glad you got it here, Doug, because it's getting ready to go out with this or that. Exactly. And um, after a while, uh, I appreciated that because I sort of knew – I sort of knew what to do if I was on the interstate or whatever, and the engine was going to do something and mm-hmm. that. I'd stay close to the emergency lane, make sure I was in the right lane yep. so I could get off really fast. One time, mm-hmm. the worst experience I think I had because of the of the uh, pressure on it for me was uh, we had a uh, Saturday. We created a Saturday morning news a long time ago when cartoons were on. We we decided to do a long newscast, four hour newscast, and now it's commonplace on Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings. And I was anchoring that at the time we debuted it, mm-hmm. and so that meant on Friday night I'd get up early. I, I'd get up, uh, go to bed early, get up very early, and go downtown. And uh, I was driving. I believe it was probably the silver one at the time. Um, and, uh, it ran out of gas on 71. Um, uh, and of course by my, my, my gas gauge that I was full, uh, so I'm in the middle, I'm supposed to be on the air, a single anchor there. So nobody else was in there could do it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this was before cell phones. Mm. So it ran out, it ran out right about where, um, um, let's see, sort of near holiday manor. Okay. Uh, maybe in that general area. But mm-hmm. to get to Holiday Manor, I had to get out of the thing, climb up over the berms, climb up over the, <laughs> you know, hop the rails uh, to get up to either the lime kiln or whatever, and then get over there and get on the phone. And I had enough time that I was able to call my wife, who brought a, a tank of gas. We had to fill it back up, and then I got to work still on time. Oh, but nice. that that's crazy. Right. Most people after that would say, I'm done with yeah, this. But, right. uh, I'm calling in sick. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've got to sell my truck. Do, I'll call it, I'll see you in here in a little bit. Repl- yeah, they would replace the float the float assembly and that with the same cork parts exact or whatever. And so wow. I, it would go along great for a while and then start eroding and get stuck at the top. Right. No, that's exactly right. <laughs> it's one of those vehicles that it's unique. It doesn't have all the, the computers and stuff on it. So when you're driving it, you're intimate with it. You know what it sounds like. And like you were saying, you hear, hmm, that's a new rattle. What does that mean? I do love that I can. I do love that I can change the oil on it. Put a new. Uh, put an oil filter on it. Mm-hmm. That I can figure out. I know where the air filter is. Mm-hmm. That I can do the basics anytime I want. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, I I do love that. It it, it just. It, it, there are certain things like, the uh, the oil the plug 
the oil plug on the um, the oil pan, you know, they tell me they tell me down at uh, Houseman's or whatever today. Well, don't ever let a don't ever let a, a valvoline or a fast place do it. And I said, why is that? Because they'll strip out the oil plug. You got to do it just right. It has to be handled just, just right. 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 Yeah. And so I'm thinking, you're kidding me. I can't <laughs> even pull into a normal place to have the oil change. Right. The kids they don't understand just a little past snug. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. if they'll strip it, yeah. if they strip it, that means you're going to leak oil all over the place, continuing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and so, don't um, want that. That's for but sure. but I, as far as I'm concerned, it's not a jeep if it isn't burning oil or leaking. Oil. <laughs> right. Jeeps, jeeps don't. Jeeps leave their mark. Yeah, they don't. They don't leak. They leave the mark. Mm-hmm. They right. leave a mark. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a great way of looking at That's, it. I mean, right. my Wrangler was never allowed in anybody's driveway, but I always parked on the street, and it always said, "Hey, Eric was here." Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that's great. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, Doug, before we wrap up, just real quick on uh, one last story here on my side, and then please, by all means, because we want to hear about your most memorable story in this car before we wrap up. But uh, I I unfortunately did get pulled over in this uh, Wagoneer. Um, We were late for one of my son's basketball games, and uh, there was a – uh, undercover cop on the side of the road in his Mustang, and um, I saw him engage in gear before he passed. Uh, before I passed him, and I'm like, okay, here we go. So I get pulled over on the expressway. I've got my wife next to me. I've got my three boys in the back. We are in the Grand Wagoneer, and I kid you not. About three minutes later, I get a text, and about 20 seconds later, there's another text, and then another 20 seconds. Jason, is that you? Is that you, Jason? <laughs> Are you okay? Is everything okay? So, so, so. In other words, if if we're ever going to rob a bank, we're not going to use a grand wagon. Don't air take to... the grand wagon air. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, what, so, Doug. What? what uh, lastly, here. What? What? What was one of your most favorite memorable memories in this thing? Well, I'm going to tell you the. You know, f- f- favorite memories has to be going down to uh, places like Bernheim Forest and others, and and just picnicking, yeah. camping mm-hmm. with it. Uh, favorite memory is it running well all day long without one hiccup. <laughs> right. uh, and what year was that memory? <laughs> a favorite memory is 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 getting it after I had turned it over to be restored to my, the guy who's worked on it for, uh, he had it for a full year is the day I got it back, got into it and, uh, and, uh, and drove it. And it was just fantastic. And, uh, but, uh, I guess, I guess my favorite saying, the one that I've never forgotten from here on out and the one that I will never forget is what he told me. And that is, Doug, just make sure that the fuel tank never goes below the halfway mark. That's <laughs> exactly does, what you're I did. Toast. You're, you are exactly <laughs> right. The, the pitch of that car makes all the difference. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, I am a compulsive filler-upper of the gas tank. Right. And, you know, what, what is it, a 15-gallon tank? I think so. That's about I mean, it, yeah. Is it 15 or 20? So – you know, normally if I put in six gallons, I go, oh, that was that was a big weekend. I'll tell my wife that was a big weekend. But the other day when I put in ten gallons, I said, uh oh, we were we were living on borrowed time this time. Yeah, that's Pushing right. your luck. That's right. That's right. 
<laughs> well, Doug, tell us tell us a little bit about what, uh, as we're closing up here. Uh, some of the things that you're doing right now. Uh, let let folks know about uh, your podcast uh, and your other your activities that you have going on right now. Well, I I do have a, a podcast through WHS eleven. It's called the Profit Report, and I um, I interview uh, different folks in that. I mean, I I would do one with you guys. I mean, it would be a fun one to do. Um, a lot. Uh, with with uh, recently with COVID and the racial unrest that we've been experiencing in Louisville, done that. Uh, that's on mm-hmm. uh, on the places where you find your 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 podcast in the same spots, Spotify, mm-hmm. Spreaker, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've I've had a good reaction to that, especially the ones that we've done with uh, with uh, COVID. But I I think that um, uh, you know as we as we're gonna gear up for 2021 we're already in the planning stages of the vaccine that's going to be the big the mm-hmm. big story right. how does it get done uh, what kind of system will we have for everybody to get the covid vaccine mm-hmm. um and so th- as far as the future is concerned um that's going to be a big big deal uh, you've got uh, what i hear what i saw this morning queen elizabeth is Said I'm I'm getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. You've had president, you have presidents Barack Obama, George Bush, and Bill Clinton say I'm going to get the vaccine along with with Anthony Fauci. And so you're going to have that you're going to have that interesting uh, mix of who's going to step up to get it and how that will play out. I remember back in the when the flu vaccines were coming out back in the 70s. You know the big question was would President Gerald Ford get the flu vaccine? And uh, that was a big deal, you know, nailing him down to, would you take the flu shot? Mm-hmm. And eventually he did. And so that's how far we've come since, uh, you know, since the 70s. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm glad we've got the, the know-how and the science and technology and to all the frontline workers that are out there. Uh, we certainly absolutely appreciate everything they've done for us, too. But that- back to the, you know, back to the wagon here, it's a strange thing, you know. on the When the weekend comes around, I can't wait to pull it out. I hate having to put it back in at the end of the day uh, it's 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 strange how you can relax in a vehicle that you wonder every second is it going to go the next mile <laughs> exactly <laughs> wait a minute are we talking about volkswagens now because i can chime in here my i think it's my, my dad my dad growing up he had one of those little white VW Bugs with the red interior, mm-hmm. and I don't, he's an old football player. I don't know how he ever fit in that thing, but I remember him talking about how awful the it was, right? <laughs> as far as dependability, it's a very it's a very odd relationship that we have with him. And uh, you know, my V8 or it's a V7. It depends on what day it is, how it wants to act. But back to the wagoneer. I, I digress. Yeah. I digress. Yeah. That's right. So you have to you have to tell me, Jason. I'll mm-hmm. ask you sure. a question before you you all wrap it up too. Sure. Is I've got the rebuild engine. Okay, if, mm-hmm. if it goes away finally, I don't know that you can rebuild it a third time. What are people putting in these wagoneers? I keep seeing. Uh, you know, I'm on this Facebook page, uh, Chrysler engines and stuff like that. Is that what they're doing? Are they putting brand new type of engines in these old Jeeps since these these engines are going away? Right. Well, you know, actually, that is a good question. And regrettably, I don't know if I've got an answer. Now, as far as the engine rebuilds, I would say they would be able to rebuild it as long as it can continue to be bored out and, and, and that kind of stuff. And, of course, for the purists like you and I, 
we, you know, we want we want that 360 block in those cars. Um, you know, it, it could could somebody uh, drop in a 350 Chevy in that thing and and weld the hood shut? Maybe I have no idea, but uh, in my opinion. Um, you know, I would, I would try to keep it as stock and as number matching as possible. Uh, but, uh, I, I haven't had to go that route yet, which is good. My, my car only has 68,000 miles on it. So, um, I don't know. Uh, that's original. Those are original. Yep. Yep. So that, that's, that, it's, oh, wow. It's a, it's wow, a, you're, yeah, that's it's a, a great mileage. one. Yeah. Now I do know that I think there are some uh, electric fuel pumps that these guys are putting on some of these cars, uh, to, you know, just to get rid of the manual choke. And I think it maybe even maybe converted over to fuel injection, but I'm not sure. But as far as any, uh, um, you know, uh, Chrysler um, um, swaps, I don't know about that. No LS swap. No LS swap yet. No. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> Yeah. You're always you're always thinking down the road with these things. How am I going to handle the next challenge? Right. That's exactly right. Well, Doug, I cannot thank you. We cannot thank you enough for your time here tonight with us. This has just been a fantastic conversation. Oh, I loved it. And uh, we, we certainly appreciate uh, you doing this. And we invite you back. Yeah, we would love to have you back. We, it sounds like there's plenty more content for sure. Uh, but um, Well, I'm sure there will be many more adventures, new adventures to tell you about. I hope they're all good. Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes yeah, like, even the bad yeah, adventures turn good. Yeah, that's right. They do. Yeah, I, you're right. It, it's to the point now we debate, should, should we – should we take it to Shelbyville? Well, that might be pushing it. <laughs> Lexington, Lexington, no way. Yeah, right, right, exactly. Yep, that's just a little too far. <laughs> that's great. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, for our listeners of the podcast, please like us on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe so you are notified of new shows, and please leave us a review because your reviews are the most powerful way you can help us reach more people. Uh, and, again, Doug, thank you. Uh, we certainly appreciate your time here tonight with us. Well, thanks for inviting me, guys. I've listened to your all's, uh, your shows, and for people who love cars, it's really it's fascinating to dive into the details. You've got you've had some great characters well, on there, so yeah. keep up. Well, thank keep you. up the good work. Podcasts sure are the way to go. Yeah, thank no, you. We, thanks we appreciate you listening. Yep. Thank you, Doug. All right, Merry Merry Christmas to Merry you all. Christmas Merry to Christmas to you as well. To you. Thank you.